0: So today, uh, I'm just so excited. I don't know how long this is going to take, but uh, you know when God gives me a download, I merely said, "You're going to preach the sermon to me, aren't you?" And I said, "Yeah, and I preach the sermon to you this week." She <laughs> so said, "Well, you can, that, that's good, and so." Uh, but uh, it's about the rain award. So if you're going to have to stand, because we, we do this every week, come on, stand up and do whatever it says on the wall here. Okay? we're going to put the armor on. Uh, Remember, we're going to do it physically. uh, Like, well, not physically, but you're going to do it like (laughs) pretending, okay? So, what do we put on first? Second? second, Third? Fourth? What's next? Okay, then what we do next? Which is? Okay, I'm going to change that. I want you to say this it's the sword of the Spirit. The spoken, word of God. the spoken word of God. Okay, and then what do we do? Pray. We pray. We pray in the Spirit. We pray in, in every way the Holy Spirit teaches us to pray, tells us to pray, and we pray and we pray and we pray some more. And I think you've already heard the power of prayer. What's what's taking place in this church? So Father, this morning, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for the instructions from the written Word of God, the Logos Word. But Lord, today we, we speak that today the Logos word is become, going to become the Rhema word in many hearts this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your plan. We thank you, Lord, for the armor. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. 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 What, what, did, what did he say at the end of that? Whoop, whoop or something? I mean, you just <laughs> It's about men. I can just imagine Alyssa with that video now. If he ever gets off track, she's just going to put that on the screen. He wakes up in the morning, he's going to be better on that big screen talking about how he's going to it. Keep, it keep it all together. Okay. Okay. I want to read from uh, the Passion this morning. I've been doing this every week, and you may be going, well, we've heard that for like seven, six weeks in a row. This is the seventh, all right? Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally say supernaturally. Supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious. Say stand. Stand. With the force of His explosive power, not yours, His, flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor. How much of the armor do we put on? All of it, complete. Provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Who's the accuser? The devil, Satan, Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies. whoever you want to... He's he's got a lot of bad names. Lucifer, your your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms, for they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. And I guess we can see the results of this world, what's being held in bondage, right? It's the majority of this world is being held in bondage because of the enemy. Now, verse 13 says, because of this. Just say this, because of this. That's why we have to keep this all in context. That's what I've been hoping to impart to you these last few weeks. Because of the enemy's schemes, his strategies, accusations, and his powers, he says you must wear all of the armor that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer. That's the enemy. That's Satan. For you are destined for all things, and then we will rise or stand victoriously. Amen. Verse 14 says, Put on a belt as truth to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as a protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert, then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance. That's the helmet of it. A helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. Now for the armor for this week, or should I say the weapon for this week, is this, the second part of verse 17. And take the mighty, razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Yes. Isn't that a good version, translation? Verse 18, we're going to come back to that one, of course. Pray passionately in the Spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Never, Don't stop praying. Pray the blessings of God upon all His believers and pray also that God's revelation, say revelation. revelation would be released through me every time I preach the wonderful mystery of the hope gospel. I'm praying that today for me, that, uh, that you would pray for me, that when I preach this message, that revelation's going to come to you. The rhema word is going to come to you today, because rhema is awesome, okay? So let's look at our weapon or our armor for this week. Uh, it's verse 17, the second part of it. And take the mighty, razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. I looked at all the translations. Did you know the Passion Translation? I don't, care what, I don't know what you think about it. Some people, will, well, it's not a translation. Other people love it. Some people don't like it. I, you know, but it, it just to me, it, comes, it makes a lot of scriptures really come alive. And, but as, as all the translations I looked at, none of them said the spoken word of God. You go to the Greek, and it's the rhema word of God. And when I say rhema word or logos word, I'm actually saying word, word. Okay, so just, that's okay, right? You're going to, you'll be okay with me saying rhema word or logos word. You're, it's kind of redundant, but it actually explains which part, which word I'm speaking about. So when we're talking about the rhema word of God, uh, well, let me tell you this. There's the logos word. What, the logos word is the written word of God. How many of you have your Bibles today? Raise your Bible up. That's, that's the written, that's the, it's the logos. That's the logos. That's the written word of God. Uh, and then we have the rhema, which is the spoken word of God. And then, uh, so when we talk about the two, a lot of the, if you, you go back and you study what other, what theologians write about it, some say, well, they're the same thing. It's like saying the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. They say, well, they're really basically the same thing. I don't agree with that. I believe they're different in the Greek. They, they actually put logos in certain verses and they put rhema in certain verses. We're going to see that this morning. But I've come to the conclusion, as I've studied this, that logos can become rhema. Okay? They may be separate words. They may be different words. But I believe the logos word, that God's intent for the logos word is for it to become rhema to us. That means it's supposed to come uh, alive to us. And so that's what the spirit sword, that's what the sword of the spirit does. He's talking about a sword of the Holy Spirit. And he's combining that spirit, the, the sword of the Holy Spirit, and he's combining it with the spoken word of God. So after all this weapon we have, we have one offensive weapon, and that's the sword of the Spirit, okay? Now let me, I'm going to preface with a few scriptures about the Logos, and these are really po- uh, famous scriptures, and you're going to see uh, the reason that we need to know the Logos word it's because if you don't know the Logos word and you get what you think is a Rhema word, are you with me? You think it's a Rhema word, but it doesn't line up with the Logos word, then you didn't get a Rhema word from the Holy Spirit. And if you don't know the Word of God, if you don't, if you don't study the Word of God, you don't understand the Word of God, then you're going to be one of those people that, oh, God told me to marry that lady, or God told me to go to this place, God told me to do this. And it doesn't line up with Scripture because you, have, you don't know Scripture. And so the enemy can use that against you. Do you understand? So that's why God says, you need this weapon. We're armored up, but we need this weapon. Hebrews 4.12 says, For we have the living Word of God, which is full of energy, like a two-mouthed sword. It will penetrate to the very core of our being where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and the secret motives of our hearts. Just like in Ephesians 6.17, we see that the Word of God is compared to a very sharp sword. Basil gave me a sword. He, also, you know, he gave me that helmet to show you last week. He gave me the sword. It's about this tall. He said, are you going to use the sword to this morning?" I said, no, I'm not going to use it. And he, said, he understood why I wasn't going to use it because the sword they're talking about here is a really short sword. Remember that earlier verse that said in hand-to-hand combat? This is a different sword. So it says, "So when we're talking about the sword of the Spirit, it's, it's really personal. And, it, it, and when the enemy's coming close, you need the sword of the Spirit because well, that's why he gave us armor, that's why he gave us this weaponry. 2 Timothy 3:16. All scripture, say all scripture. all scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God or the woman of God may be what? Complete, <laughs> thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's the logos word, all scripture. Uh, that's, there's another word for, for uh, Scripture there in the, in the Greek, is graphe, and that also, it, it's really just the written word again. It really is similar to the word logos. So we see the word Scripture many times in Scripture. All right, there's a couple of more powerful verses I want to read before we get into the rhema. John 1.1, 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the what? The Word, the word and the Word, the logos, with, was with God, and the Word, or the logos, was God. Then you drop, you drop down 13 more verses to verse 14, and we see this. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Who is the Word, church? Jesus, Jesus is the Word. I, I can't really explain that to you. You just have to get that by the Spirit. You have to get that by faith that Jesus is the Word. Because when we read the book and we read all the Scripture, well, Jesus is he's a man, and this is a book. And No, Jesus is the Word. It, it says it right here in the Scripture. And the Word became flesh. Jesus, He came incarnate as a baby in the manger. And He dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So we have this beautiful picture of the Word of God, and the, the Logos Word that is Jesus Christ. It's personal. He said, I'm a personal God. And then He says, I want you to know that I'm, my, I, I wanna, I'm bringing my glory when I bring my Word. And He came and we beheld His glory. So... Now that we can we've got that we can look at one more verse and this is a really important verse. You need to get this. 2 Timothy 2:14. Paul is teaching this young Timothy, this this young preacher, he's teaching him. He says, "Remind them, Timothy, remind the people of these things, cha- charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit." See, we have a lot of pastors, we have a lot of people in pulpits this morning across the world, they're preaching and they're teaching and their words have no profit. Now, not P-R-O-P-A, P-R-O-P-H-E-T, P R O F I T. because you know what they're teaching? They're teaching you some good philosophy. They're, they're, they're teaching you maybe some good helps, some good, study, some good things that you might want to try. And they're not preaching the Word of God. The Word of God has been so watered down in pulpits across the world, people don't know what the Word of God is. Yeah. It's not a self-help thing. It is a self-help thing. But it's the Word of the living God. So we've got to understand that when when Paul says, teach them, Timothy, but don't get up there and just say a bunch of stuff that makes you feel feel good or makes them feel good. Don't get up there and just tickle their ears. You've got to preach the truth. He says, to the ruin of the hearers. If you're preaching that kind of stuff and you're preaching without power, you're you're preaching without demonstration of power, you're you're preaching without the, the true word of God coming out of you, then you're just preaching nonsense and it will be to the ruin of the hearers. He says this, be diligent, say diligent. Diligent. Be diligent to present yourself, this is for you personally and me, approved to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the logos, the word of truth, the word of God. You can't get it for somebody else. You've got to get it for you. Well, my husband's a spiritual head of the household and he doesn't read the word at all. So what? That does not exempt you from reading the word, ma'am, wife, or vice versa. If the husband's reading the word and he can't make you get it, you've got to get it for yourself, and he calls it work. You know, that's just whoo work. Oh my goodness, why did he have to call it work? That just turns people off. Oh man, we got to work? Is the, is the word of God worth some of your time, church? Is the truth of the gospel worth your time? Because it will change your life, it will change your family, it will change your workplace, it will, to, it will change where you go to school, it will, change every, it will change your future, it will change everything about you. But you have got to get the word of God in you. Not just on a Sunday morning, not just on a Wednesday night. It should be a normal part of your work week. Amen. So let's just start calling it work. Let's go to work, all right? So we're gonna talk about Raymond now. And this, this I'm just excited. Okay. Uh, and take the mighty razor sharp spirit razor sharp. Ooh. Spirit sword of, all, of of the spoken word of God. Out of all this, we put on all this equipment, we put on all this armor, spiritual armor, and he says, I've got one piece of weaponry for you, and it's it's offensive. (laughs) Anybody ever been offended by the word? Jesus offended people all the time with the the spoken word, didn't he? I think I offend people all the time. probably already offended some of you this morning. (laughs) If I haven't, I probably will, Okay. The Rhema Word ignites the Logos Word by the Holy Spirit and gives us revelation. Can I read that again? The Rhema Word, the spoken Word, ignites the Logos Word, the written Word, by the Holy Spirit and gives us revelation. We have armor on, then we take up the mighty sword of the Spirit, God's Word, and we listen as He begins to speak to us. Because, guys, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard this already, we're in a battle. And we are soldiers in this army, and we have a commander, and we need to hear our commander's voice how to fight this battle, how to go about our daily life. We really need to hear his voice. We need to hear the spoken, the voice of God. Listen, without... without stepping into the, uh, this weaponry of the sword of the spirit and the, and the uh, rhema word of God, you know what we do? You're not going to like this at all. We play it safe. Well, I've got the armor on. You know, preacher's been teaching like for two weeks, two months about the armor, so I'm going to put all that armor on and I'm going to stand. He said, just stand. Well, let me tell you something. I hope I haven't misled you. Standing doesn't mean doing nothing. Standing doesn't mean cowering. Standing doesn't mean hiding. But see, that's what so many of us do. We, we put the armor on and, and we say, well, I've got my shield of faith. Ooh-hoo, I'm hiding. I've got, I've got my helmet on. I'm saved. I got my, I'm, I'm full of peace. I've got my, my breastplate of righteousness. You know, I've got all my stuff. I've got my belt. I'm, I'm good. And I'm just going to stay right here. And God said, no, wait, 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 there's another piece of armor uh, that's actually a weapon, and it's called the sword of the spirit, right? And he said, you can play it safe, but I'm going to tell you this morning, when you play, in the, when you play it safe, it's dangerous. Yeah. That doesn't even make sense, does it? I want to play it safe. Well, that's dangerous. But that's where a lot of Christians are. They stay. They just want us be safe. They don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers, especially at work or at home or pretty much anywhere else. They don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers. They don't want to take a stand for something because that might be offensive to that group of people. So we, we, just, we just play it safe. Well, I've got my armor on. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And God says, well, you can play it safe, but I, that's not what I've given you the armor for. That's not what I've given you the sword of the Spirit for. It's, it's to be active. It's to be proactive. It's to, go after the, it, it's to go into the face of the enemy with the logo, I mean, with the rhema word of God. Now, I want to give you some cool examples. Peter was in the boat. See, a lot of Christians are in the boat this morning. How many of you have ever been in a boat? How many of you have ever stepped out of a boat without anything to keep you floating (laughs) accidentally yeah (laughs) now i'm not talking about skiing (laughs) peter was in the boat peter saw jesus walking on water peter said man that looks cool i think i would like to do that i've been with jesus long enough to know that i've seen i've seen him do miracles and so Peter said, You know, I think I would like to walk on water. And Jesus said, He said, You know what? Here, here, here's the deal, Peter. I want to give you a spoken word, I want to give you a rhema word. Come. Come. He's telling you this morning get out of the boat. He's spoken to some of you individually and said, get out of the boat. Get out of your safety net. Get out of your comfort zone. And you say, you know what? I'm safe right here. I'm, I'm going to hang out with the rest of the disciples. Look, 11 of them knew what to do. There's only one that sank. <laughs> but there's only one that said, I walked on water. Woo-hoo. Yeah, you see the difference between the written word, uh, the safe word, and the, lo- and the rhema word? This Jesus says, come. He says, This is what I have for you to do. The Rhema word. Two disciples. Jesus had been. Uh, crucified horribly crucified all the disciples there was a lot more than the 12 y'all know that don't you there were not just 12 there was there were so we don't even know how many there were there could have been hundreds of them followers of Christ and and Jesus had been crucified and man everybody they were scattered because they thought he's coming the 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 Romans are coming after us now because he died and we thought he was going to live and we thought he was going to come in ride on a white horse and take over the the uh, the the city the country and he didn't do that and so these guys said we're going to back home we're going where it's safe we're going back to Emmaus oh, let's, let's just get out of here and so they're walking to Emmaus and Jesus stopped poof you know Eli, I just feel man so cool he just appears with them and begins to walk with them and he begins to talk with them and he begins to explain the logos to them remember just begin to explain it to them they were going to go where it's safe and guess where they ended up they ended up where it wasn't safe let me read for a minute. Luke 24, 31. Then as they were walking, Je- and then Jesus, I've got to tell you this part. Je- they said, stay with us just a little while. And so, then, and so Jesus said, okay, I'll stay with you. Now, they didn't know it was him yet. He hadn't revealed himself to them. And he said, they said, just stay and have a, little, have a little meal with us. So he sat down to eat with them, and he prayed, and he broke the bread. And then phew, he was gone. He was gone. Now, look what they said. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew Him, and He vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our hearts burn within us while He talked with us on the road? And while He opened the Scriptures, the Logos, to us. Do you know that song we just sang? Our hearts are burning, my heart is burning, my heart is burning. When you get the rhema word of God, your heart will burn. They knew the written word. They were going where it was safe. And guess where they ended up? We got to go back. They went back to where it was dangerous. They went back to Jerusalem. And they went back to tell the disciples that Jesus is alive. He was with us. We know he's alive. And man, the words that were coming out of his mouth, they were just burning our hearts. See, some of you, just, you're staying in the safe zone. And God says, get out of the boat, turn around, go back to Jerusalem. Quit playing it safe. mean, the Logos word can change in a heartbeat to the Rhema word when revelation comes by the Spirit of God. What does the enemy want to do to us? Oh, yeah, we know that one. It's one I quote all the time, John 10.10. 10. But the thief came, right, to kill, steal, and destroy. But you know what? It goes a little bit further than that. He also wants to silence you. You know, he actually can't kill you. <laughs> he can kill your witness. He can kill your in that. Ver- he can't kill you. If, if, if the enemy, if the Satan could kill Christians, we'd all be dead. Okay, so he can't really kill us. He tries a lot of other ways to destroy us. But really what he wants to do is make you just be quiet. He wants to silence me. He would love for me to just shut up. He would love for me to quit teaching the truth. Wouldn't he? He wants to silence you. He wants you to be quiet. He wants you to play it safe. He wants you to, hey, he's okay with you putting the armor on. Just put the armor on. but Just don't do anything after you've done it. Right? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm living the life. I'm I'm being a good person. I've got my armor on, Pastor. But are you affecting the world for the kingdom of God? Are you taking a spoil? Are you taking ground from the enemy? Are we just gonna try to hold our ground? I don't wanna just hold the ground. I don't I don't want just be defensive. I, I don't want to just be um, huddled up, and I'm just gonna. We're just gonna hang on to what we got. Listen, this is great, but I think that we should be like triple this. I do. I mean, people. Well, you know, pastor, when when a church, when the when the capacity is 500, then 80 percent. that's 400. So if you've got 400 people coming, you know, you're not gonna get any more after that because people don't like to sit that close to other people, especially since COVID. <laughs> right. Look at, look next to you. How many seats I got next to you? We got room for a lot more people here. But some people are uncomfortable when they're sitting too close to somebody. Man, we got to get over some of this stuff, guys. But that kind of goes back to the fact that we're just not very comfortable taking ground. We're more comfortable playing it safe. Not only would He want us to be quiet and silenced, He would like us to be very religious. The enemy would love for you to be religious and legalistic and afraid and doubtful and weak and satisfied and safe. Some of you are getting this this morning because some of you, you know exactly who I'm talking to. You've been playing it safe for too long. People at work don't even know you're a Christian. People at school don't know you're a Christian. Some of your family members don't even know you're a Christian. You go to family reunions and you try to be the, who? I don't want to influence this. They're going to, if they find out that I'm, you know, if they find out I've got a prayer language, my gosh, they're going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> if, they, if they actually believe Aunt Susie's at the family reunion, and Aunt Susie's got a a a headache that I could pray for, and it would go away. I'm not going to do that. They'll think I'm nuts. They're going to think I'm a religious nut. So we don't take any ground. If Angela would have been silent at her workplace, we would have been hearing about that miracle today. Come on, church. We get calls all the time. Oh, so-and-so needs a prayer blanket. Have you prayed for them? Uh-oh, you're meddling now, Pastor. Well, you know, I, we, we have a prayer. We have an intercessor team out at the church. And I'm not, hey, I'm great with that. And that's an awesome ministry. Some of you just counting on somebody else doing your work. Uh, I'm getting in trouble. <sighs> On the day of Pentecost, wow! The day of Pentecost, great example. Holy Spirit had come and filled everybody up, and Peter got up and he spoke this the written word. He knew the written word, didn't he? And he 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 quoted David, King David. He quoted Joel, the prophet Joel. He, he showed them how Jesus was in the Old Testament. The Torah, he was explaining all this to them. Now I want you to see where the rhema word comes in here. Now, verse, Acts 2.37, now when they heard this, the people, all the Jews that were there, thousands of them, they were cut to the heart. Now all they knew about being cut was circumcision. And that was not a pretty thing. But it says here, very specifically, they were cut to the heart. That's what a rhema word will do. It will cut to your heart. Slice you up. So they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? See, this, that's what I want. I want you to get to that place this morning. You get this rainbow word. God speaks to you. You know it's God. And then you're your question to him. Okay, God, what do you want me to do with this word? That's what they were asking. What do we do with this, Peter? We, we don't know. Okay, we confess. We, we kill Jesus. We, we confess, we missed it, but now we're getting it. The rhema word, it's become, the logos has become, the rhema word It's become alive in us. And Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you and to your children, to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. They got this rhema Word, and all of a sudden, 3,000 people said, I understand it. I get it. What do we do? And he said, Get up here. First altar call. First, pre- first sermon he'd ever preached. They didn't even seem just as I am. 3,000 people. Whew baptized. They're were, they were probably looking for water troughs and places to, to dunk these people everywhere all over the city. Can you imagine just the, 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 the picture of that happening? How it was such a, a, a beautiful chaos, so to speak, in the city. People, what are you doing? Where are you all going? Well, we're going to get some water. Why? Because I just gave my life to Jesus. You mean the one we just crucified? Yeah, he's not dead. He's alive. <laughs> Woo! And they were so excited because they got the rhema word. See, for you to be saved, you had to get the rhema word. It went from uh, you reading the scripture. I mean, if you believe in your heart and confess with mouth, Jesus Christ, Lord, you shall be saved. again. Okay, that's cool. Until, oh, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. You shall be saved. You remember that when it was, came alive in you? Do you remember that church? Think about it right now. That day that it, that word that you might have heard a hundred times. Mama dragging you to church. Daddy dragging you to church. Going to youth, youth group. You sitting there, you know, like, you know, like cool youth do. How do cool youth sit? Let's see. Cool youth. Where's cool youth? Here's where, here's how cool youth, where's my, I don't have my phone. I'll play like this as my phone. This is what cool youth do. Say what? Believe in your heart, Confess your yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Are we going to play some games now? Where's the pizza? Hmm." And then that day comes when Molly, who got baptized today, goes, "Oh, ooh, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Jesus is Lord." You mean I can be saved? The Rama Word. You getting at, church? It's the rhema. It's, it's the Word that comes alive. It's the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to ignite that Word that you've been hearing all of your life and you've been dissing or you've been putting to the side or you've been saying that is, it's not for me, it's not my time. And all of a sudden it comes alive and the light bulb comes on and you get it. Amen. And you come into the kingdom of God. I'm going to speak that over there. Many here this morning, you've never had that Rhema moment of salvation. And you might have done some things. You might have walked an aisle. You might have gotten in the water. But you've never had the rain of word come alive in you where you knew that you knew that you knew that Jesus died for your sins, that he rose from the dead. He ascended to the Father. He sent the Holy Spirit. And he's filling us up to live for him, live a life of glory, live a life of, of conquering, live a life of being overcomers, living a life of being... Offensive and going after things that God has called us to go after, instead of playing it safe. Amen. I know we're running a little over. That's okay. This is so important. This is so. I don't know why I'm moving that. I don't. <laughs> I should said, "Move the chair." John, John six. One of the toughest passages in Scripture. John 6, Jesus had just fed thousands of people. And all of a sudden, they're following him because he's a great baker and he's a, he's a great man. He's got a great restaurant. He's got a catering service. Really, you read it. That's what they were going after. They were like, whoo, man, we don't have to cook. Just follow that guy. He says, bread, fish, just comes out of nowhere. Goes, and then we heard we he walked to water. And man, this guy is so cool. Let's follow him some more. And Jesus kind of got it figured out. I think they might be following me for the wrong reason. Therefore, many of his disciples, verse 60, well, let me, let me preface that. He, he said some pretty crazy stuff. He said, now, if you're going to follow me, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And you know, I've got to confess, if I was there that day, I'd have gone home. <laughs> Mom, did you hear? Let's go. Let's go. We'll, we'll cook. We'll, we'll get our own food. <laughs> Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't really have a part of me because I'm the bread of life. And, and so he said these things to him, and he was speaking spiritually. They didn't get it. But then he says, therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? I, I've got to say, man, if you're that, you might be the religious person in here that would be like, I would have been right there. I would have believed all that. And I just, no, I think we would almost all of us would have left. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this, does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend? Where he was before. In other words, go back up to heaven. What if you could see that? Look at verse sixty three. You might want to highlight that this. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words, the Rhema words, that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. The words that I speak that are the Rhema words that I speak to you are, are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. I hope that's nothing about. None of you here this morning, but maybe it is you, and God's going to give you a rainbow word today. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that did not believe and who would betray Him. And He said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to Me unless it has been granted to Him by My Father. From that time many of His disciples went back and walked with Him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, I love this, He said, "Do Do you also want to go away? And Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words... Rhema. You have the rhema words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. They didn't get it all. They they hadn't figured it all out yet. But by a rhema word, they knew that he was somebody special, that he was the Son of God. He, he He was greater than any person that they could ever imagine have known. That he was the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Messiah. And Jesus answered them said, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? And he spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who be- would betray him, being one of the twelve. For three years, woo, three years he's walked with Jesus, three years he's seen Him do miracles, three years he's seen Him do nothing but love people. And yet he was looking at Jesus as... The written word, he never got a rhema, he never got an, an inkling of the idea that Jesus was more than, than just some man, some carpenter's son that was, was doing a lot of things that, that looked good. He never got it. And he ended up committing suicide because he never got it. He didn't get the rhema word, but the rest of them did. Thank God they did. You may know people like that this morning. They read the Bible, man, it just doesn't make sense to me. They've listened to preachers, well, you know, that guy, I don't, that just, no, that's not good. They, they talk their way out of things. They, they don't want to come to that place of really exercising any faith. They don't want to trust God. They don't want to trust that the Holy Spirit can do incredible things in their life. You know, 24 years ago, my wife and I, we were good denominational people, and we had the written word, the logos word. We listened. I, l- I knew the word. I studied the word. She knew the word. We studied the word together. We were doing everything that we knew to do because that's all we knew to do. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Good little Christians? Sunday school, Wednesday night, Monday night outreach. Whenever the doors were open. Because God loved that if we were being obedient. And yet we didn't have the rhema word until we were 47 years old. When God said, Harold, what are you doing? What are you doing? I've got so much more for you. You are so falling short of what I've got for you to enjoy in life and the purpose that and the plans that I have for your life. And he spoke to me and I heard his voice like he was sitting right there speaking to me. And it was so clear. Mary Lou heard his voice, and we heard his voice again, and we heard his voice again, and the word became alive. And he says, now you can start doing what I've called you to do. But you don't have to wait, church. You don't have to wait like I did. I, I, was, I was so caught up in the denominational and listening or somebody else had thought the Bible, what the Bible was saying to them. I wasn't getting it for myself. And the Rhema Word came alive, and we started stepping out in faith. Listen, you can't step out. You can't get a Rhema Word and not couple it with faith. You just can't. You can't couple the Rhema Word with your flesh because you will mess it up totally. The Rhema Word can come to you as you're reading the Word, listening to a sermon. I get the Rhema Word a lot of times when I'm in the shower. Anybody get the rhema word when you're in the shower? You can't sing, but you can get the rhema word, right? Anybody ever get a rhema word while you're sleeping, while you're dreaming? Yeah. Through a vision? Yeah. Through a prophet? Yeah. You can get the rhema word through a prophet. You can get the rhema word from the still small voice of God. And it will change your life if you will receive the word and you'll let the Holy Spirit activate and ignite the Word in you. But to do that, I want to tell you something, and we're about finished. Cowboys don't play till 3 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday was my birthday, and I was, I was wrote on Facebook there it was a, like the great, great birthday week because the Rangers won the World Series, and, and the Longhorns pulled one out yesterday, and I'm a Longhorn fan. Whether you like that or not, so I don't care, but uh, <laughs> They won. And I said, you know what? The trifecta would just be if the cowboys could win today. That would be a miracle. And, but we believe in miracles. And, but the greatest thing was I got to be with my family. And I get to preach the Word. All that other stuff is really immaterial to this. It really is. So I want to tell you this. If you really want to hear God's voice, if you want to get a rhema word from God, you have got to learn to spend time with him. But, Pastor, I'm so busy. Well, I don't know if you've got more hours in the week than I do. I think we all have the same number. It's prioritizing. Jesus said in John 10:27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So I'm going to believe this. God's going to give you a rainbow word this week. Maybe he's already given you one this morning. I'm going to bless you to hear the word of the Lord, the rhema word of God. And then I want you to do what they did at Pentecost. Lord, what do I do with it? What shall I do? And then listen again. Because he will not tell you to do the wrong thing. He will not lead you down the wrong path. What he speaks to, you've got to hone in on church. And it's got to line up with the word of God. You might even share it with somebody. Say, i got this word. Does this this make sense to you? And you know what? When my sister found out that we were going to start a church, Lana, my oldest sister, and Paul, my mentor, when they found out we were going to start a church, this was, again, uh, that's 20, that's a long time ago, 24 years ago, 25. You know what they said? Well, we always knew that's what you were going to do. I said, why didn't you tell me? (laughs) why don't you wait? Maybe wait so long? But go to, go to somebody you trust and say, I got this word from the Lord. Does it bear witness with you? Run it by the Spirit of God for sure. Does it bear witness with you? Let me tell you this. When you get this ramble word, it should not scare you. Please don't let it scare you. Let it excite you. Let it empower you. Okay, would you do that? You, well, he's told me he wants me to do this. Listen, if he's told you he wants you to do this, he's got you. Amen. He's got you covered. When you get a rhema word, it should give you peace and direction in your life. The rhema word will empower you. It will give you revelation. But I want to tell you, when you walk out this, this, this word... Or words that he gives you. Walk it out in submission and humility. Walk it out in forgiveness. Walk it out in the authority he gives you. And I want to tell you, when you start doing this, you get that sword up, you submit to God and you resist the devil, what does he do? Flee. He flees. He flees with fleas on him. Now, I want to give you one more fo- football analogy before we close. Y'all go ahead and stand up. I know y'all have been sitting a while. Aren't y'all glad you got that extra hour of sleep? Yeah, pass, pass your ticket all up. <laughs> Stretch a little bit. Ah, yeah. Don't hit anybody while you're stretching. How many of you like football? How many of you know what a goal line stand is? Okay, most of you know what a goal line stand is. The rest of you go, what? A goal line stand is when the other team is marching down the field and they're about to score a touchdown and it's fourth down and one and they're on the one-yard line and they just got to make that one yard into the end zone and they score a touchdown. Well, you know, that the, the coach, he sends in his big boys. He sends in the big guns on defense because they're going to make a stand. They, they're digging in. they got their shoes, their, their spikes, they're digging in, and they're about to just make this goal line stand. <laughs> you know? They're armored up. A lot of Christians, that's the way we are all getting armored up. And we're making that goal line saying we ain't let the enemy going he's not gonna take me, he's not gonna take our ground. And they hike the ball, and man, that guy, that quarterback, tries to do a quarterback sneak, and they st- stuff him right there. He didn't make it in. And they, Wee! everybody's screaming, yelling, yay, we stopped him. And you know what happens after you stop him on a goal line stand? You get the ball. The offense runs onto the field, and they run on the field with their sword of the Spirit. They're armored up, and they say, now we can go on the attack. See, some of you have been so defensive. Please don't hurt me. enemy. the Satan's coming after me. We talk more about Satan than we do about God. Oh, I'm just so under attack. Listen, if you want to be stay under attack, stay under attack. But I'm telling you this. If you'll put the armor of God on, and you'll get the rainbow word of God, and you, start, you get your sword out, then we can start attacking. And we can take the city for Jesus Christ. Let's quit being the ones that are, oh, defensive and holding our ground. Let's start taking ground in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? Amen. Bow your heads.